I went on a bit in my introduction to the last episode. Richard Dawson does that to me, and I can only apologise. This week, I'll try to be brief. Temporary Fandoms is a service for people who like to take a deep dive into music, either to celebrate the music they already know and love, or to explore less familiar records in the hope of unearthing gems. That service takes the form of a podcast, which you're listening to now, and the Facebook group which spawned it, which you'll find at facebook.com groups slash tempfans. At tempfans.com, you'll find this and all the previous episodes we've recorded, and if you dig a little deeper into the show notes, there you'll find a link to a special Spotify playlist edition of the show that edits our talk together with the music under discussion. If you're joining us for the first time, I should mention that this is the second installment of a two-part journey through the records of Richard Dawson. So, for the full experience, I recommend jumping back an episode. And if you're all up to date, let's press on, as we rejoin our guests to complete the experience that is Richard Dawson and Hen Ogler. Hello there, welcome to Temporary Fandoms. And, well, I mean, if this is your first ever listen, please at least go back to the previous one because this one will make less sense. But really, go to tempfans.com and find all of our older stuff. I'm Ewan. I'm Nick. And we are rejoined um, by host of my teenage band podcast, Nick Taylor. Hello, Nick. Hello. Great to be here. And pod regular and amazing backup singer, even though she doesn't really like to blow her own trumpet, Zoe Von Hess. Hiya, how are you? Fantastic. And we are continuing with the work of, I got a bit worried when we were planning this. I was like, am I going to have to say the word Geordie? Is he from Newcastle or is he from one of the places near Newcastle? But he's actually a Geordie, right? Yeah, he is. Okay. Geordie, musician, storyteller, troubadour, bard, pal, experimentalist, uh, Richard Dawson, or as I've discovered, the Daniel Kitson of, of, modern, of modern music. Um, and in the last episode, we looked at the first four of his, well, I'm going to say solo, solo albums, um, because that might change a little bit in this episode. Um, we didn't really cover it in the last episode, but we'll do that now. Zoe, what are we going through in this episode? Okay, we're going to kick off with Peasant, which is, you know, such a great way to start. Then we're going to do Mogic, which is Hain Ogled. Um, and it's pronounced hen, not hen. Uh, but also, I'm also not very good at pronouncing it. So I'm doing my very best as well. And then we've got uh, 2020, and we're going to finish off Three Humans, which is also hen or Brilliant. So, yeah, this is a, a total change of place, and we're going to be jumping back and forward between the two things. Um, like with the last episode, we are still playing around with format. Uh, so we'll be sort of splitting the conversation halfway through. But without further ado, um, we're going to get cracking and I'm going to hand you over to Zoe after this. Album 5, Peasant, released in 2017 on Weird World. Ah, here we are, at the point where I feel it all comes together. The songwriting, the melodies, the production, the concept. For it is a concept album, in the best possible sense. It would be very easy to call this one a modern folk album. It is and it isn't. It certainly doesn't sound like any folk album I've ever heard. This is where I start to use words like visionary and genius. Is it relevant to mention that Richard Dawson has a genetic eye condition, which means his actual vision is distorted? 
Peasant, an album of tales and parables set in the kingdom of Brunei, around the 400s to the 600s. It's as quaint and quirky as it sounds, but it's so much more than just a folk horror curiosity. The fuller sound on this one is down to having a seven-person chorus, along with Rodri and his harps, plus violin from Ankara Davis. I'm certainly one of those people who's used folk as a pejorative term. So why does this get a pass? Well, because it's superficially folk, but when you get past that, you realise that it's so much more. It's a layered and intricate masterpiece of songwriting, articulating universal truths beautifully and plainly, encapsulating the humanity, the struggle of people in all places at all times. And it's always just the right side of experimental to never just be folk music. A lot of people have heard this one because it was critically acclaimed at the time by a lot of the usual tastemakers. I actually came round to Peasant much later than most. My husband played it one Sunday when we were catching up with household chores. I remember hearing Ogre and thinking, bloody hell, I can't decide if I like this or hate it. It was probably a full six to 12 months later after the, when the sun is dying, choral refrain from Ogre went round my head for the millionth time that I went and sought it out and that was that. I've subsequently spent literally years obsessing over some of the songs on this album. I keep coming back to Ogre and Beggar. This record has caused arguments in our house about the best track, squabbling over the fate of the protagonist in Soldier. He dies. It's a tragedy. No, he fucking doesn't. He goes AWOL. It's hopeful. We even bought it on vinyl, even though we didn't have a record player at the time. The whole thing is just a great work of art. So what does Richard Dawson have to say about folk music? I don't really know a great deal about folk music. I mean, I've been listening to folk music, but more from all around. I like a lot of African and Indian music. I never really listened to English folk music that much. Maybe a few years ago, Kath and Phil Tyler hearing them and then getting a bit interested and learning a few songs. I'm a real layman, which is funny when people ask me about folk music because I know only a tiny bit. I know much more about Indian music or experimental music, which isn't much. And then he speaks about folk being for the layman. That's when you get it eventually. You go, oh, this is alive. It's about sharing songs and there being no weight of the self, just all about being part of something larger, part of a community. The singing group at the Cumberland Arms changed my perception, just hearing all kinds of singers from the very accomplished and I use that word very guardedly, to those who would struggle to hold a tune, but who invariably the better singers. They had amazing wobbly voices and cracks and were getting the words wrong, but that was always the most fascinating stuff to hear in those sessions and always the most full of heart. I wonder if it's just to do with confidence. Why don't more people sing with their funny voices? It's a mystery. There's a guy who sings at the Cumberland called Joe and he's got a really round voice like little boulders. He's got this song he wrote about how much he loves cheese. He's a real beautiful guy, very gentle but tough as well. He doesn't take any shit. He sings this song, I'm a man who loves cheese and it's so hard to even discern the words he's mumbling so much. It's the best. So if all this doesn't spark your curiosity, nothing will. Go on. Stick on Peasant. Check it out. It's a bop. Album 6, Magic by Hair Nogleth, released in 2018 on Weird World. 
At this point, we're going to take a slight detour and take on another Richard Dawson project. After a record like Peasant, I feel we need a moment to regroup before moving on to his next album, 2020. And what better way to do that than with the more accessible, lightly experimental and electronic Mogic by Herne Orglev. Herne Orglev, which means the Old North in Welsh, are Rodri Davis, Dawn Bothwell, Sally Pilkington, who is Richard's partner, and of course, the man himself. There is a reason for sticking in a Hair and Ogleth album at this point. It shows the logical progression of ideas and evolution that takes us from an album like Peasant to the next one, 2020. But more of 2020 in a bit. From the opening track, Love Time Feel, you can see we're in the land of soundscapes and experimentation with Rodri's gentle vocals. And there is more vocal variety on this album, as Richard takes more of a back seat, mainly playing the bass, and vocal duties are also shared with Dawn and Sally. But his unmistakable influence is still felt. You can really hear that guitar style coming through, even though it's on the bass. Sky Burial is a sweet dream and Problem Child brings the 80s soundtrack vibes without veering into pastiche. Tiny Witch Hunter has special standing in our household, being one of the only songs that every family member, ranging in ages from 7 to 48, likes and is willing to dance to. And I just love the spoken Welsh on Gwaireged or Heddiw. It's an album of variety, and you might find it more immediate than Richard's solo work, especially when it comes to Tiny Witch Hunter, which is a bona fide wonky pop song. <laughs> 